Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, good morning, Tim. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. Sure. We'll get to your congressional campaign, why on earth you might want to go to Washington and deal with that mess. But I want to go back and revisit something. Last time you and I talked, and it's been a few years ago now, but you were making national news. Matter of fact, I'm reading about you here in the New York Post, uh, this dating back to the middle of the previous decade, as you found yourself sideways with the Internal Revenue Service, and you're one of the few people on earth to get an apology from the IRS the way they handled your case. I had to do with money they basically took from you, seized from you, which had to do with you and your business and the way you were structuring some of your financial transactions. There are rules that deal with the volumes of money that can be handled in certain ways. Uh, you didn't break any of them. The IRS acknowledged that. Nonetheless, they came in and they took your money. You testified before Congress shined a light on this whole thing. Uh, bring us up to speed. Where does all this stand now, what, six, seven years later? Well, it, it has to do with what's called civil asset forfeiture, Tim. And um, civil asset forfeiture is wrong. You know, the government can't be allowed to take what you own, you know, property or money, um, and keep it and deprive you of it unless they convict you of a, you know, of a crime. And when you've not been convicted of a crime or even committed a crime, um, you know, and been charged with it, they can't take they can't take what you own and what you've legally earned um, from you. That's just wrong, and that's what this whole thing is all about. You know, um, but I'll bring you up to speed on it. We um, <clears throat> uh, we took the uh, well, the IRS took nine hundred and forty thousand dollars from my business. They uh, accused me of structuring, which is basically consistently depositing less than ten thousand dollars in the bank. Um, well, you know, I've never deposited more than $10,000 in the bank. It just uh, isn't wise to carry that much amount of cash, um, especially when your insurance policy doesn't cover you for over $10,000. That's just being a smart businessman, you know. So, um, But the IRS didn't like it, and um, they came in and, and seized that money from me. I took them to court, um, <clears throat> and um, they, uh, they demanded um, – that I give them $325,000 back uh, or, or, or forfeit $325,000 to them, and they would give me the $615,000 back. And, and I'm like, why? I haven't done anything wrong. You know, this is uh, extortion. And um, so um, <clears throat> I took them to court, and I won. I beat them. And then um, so that was uh, in 2013. Then in 2015, I was given the opportunity to testify against the IRS in Congress. And you're right. Uh, Commissioner Koskinen at the time was forced to apologize to me and the other two witnesses that also testified against uh, against the IRS in, in their civil asset forfeiture scheme. Um, and uh, and for that, for that testimony, being willing to um, stick our necks out and put our reputations and livelihoods on the line. Um, to bring to light something that was very nefarious, um, Congress uh, crafted a bill that um, that would prevent the IRS from doing this ever to anyone again, because that was my goal. You know, this had happened to me, um, 
and I wasn't I was bound and determined that this wasn't going to happen to anybody else. You know, I, I had the ability to fight back and the resources and the determination to do that. But many, many business owners and individuals didn't. And they would lose their livelihoods and they would lose their businesses to this. And that's just wrong. In fact, there were supposed to be four of us to testify against the um, IRS and Congress. But one of them had been so bankrupted. Uh, she was a, a Mexican restaurant owner uh, in Kansas, if I remember correctly. But they bankrupted her completely, and um, she didn't have any ability to come to Washington and testify. Um, so it was just wrong. But um, How so much Congress- of that, Andrew Clyde, how much of that experience factored into your decision to run for Congress all these years later? Uh, it is a huge part of my decision because it proved to me that one determined individual can make a difference. And um, and I was that determined individual, and it, it showed that I knew how to make a difference, and I was able to make a difference. It wasn't by myself. I was able to to um, uh, get people together. I can't tell you the number of trips I made to Washington D.C. and the um, the number of congressmen and senator uh, and that I met with, uh, whether it was Senator Johnny Isaacson to get him to sponsor this bill, be a sponsor of it, whether it was Congressman Doug Collins, who's a phenomenal congressman. Um, who was a primary sponsor of this bill, or um, um, <clears throat> uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, who was a co-sponsor of the bill. Uh, even, um, you know, on the Democratic side, John Lewis was a, a sponsor of this bill. And then uh, Peter Roskam from Illinois, a Republican congressman, was a, the original uh, sponsor of the bill. And, and um, you know, they named it after us, the three of us who testified. They called it the Clyde Hirsch Showers Respect Act. And, um, and it stands for uh, Restraining Excessive Seizure of Property Through the Exploitation of Civil Asset Forfeiture Tools Act. Kind of a long name, but, um, you know, I like the acronym RESPECT uh, because it gave, um, uh, you know, it's giving respect back to American citizens. All right, uh, Andrew so, um, Clyde, congressional candidate. I, I want to take a break a little earlier than we normally do because I want to come back and make sure we have plenty of time to go through some of the planks in your platform, what you would do, what you would push as a member of Congress uh, in the 9th District. You want to protect the Second Amendment. You want to defend life. You want to support President Trump. You want to eliminate taxes to the point of dismantling the IRS, take care of veterans, limit government. Talk about as many of those issues as we can when we come back. Quickly circle back where we began this morning, talking about your encounter with the IRS of a few years back. Put a bow on the rest of that story, if you would. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. Well, uh, um, one of the things that Congress did is uh, back in the 2014th, 15th, and 16th Congress, they passed the Clyde Hirsch Showers Respect Act, which took away the authority of the IRS to seize legally earned money. And um, so they unanimously passed it, but then the Senate finally passed it last year in 2019. And on July 1st, uh, 2019, President Donald Trump signed that bill into law as part of the Taxpayers First Act. Um, that uh, I think made front page in the Athens paper, and um, and it you know the IRS came after me and took my money. I got it back, and then I came after them, and I took away their authority to do that to anybody else ever again. So um, you know that's uh, that's what we can accomplish when we stand up for our rights and our liberty. 
Uh, first plank on your platform, I'm on your website now, Clyde for the number four, Clyde4Congress.com. And not surprising, you own a gun shop. Protecting the Second Amendment, you say, uh, is is a top priority here. A listener asked me to ask you this, uh, the Lautenberg Amendment. Now, as I understand it, that deals with uh, certain gun owners' rights, uh, specifically those who have issues of domestic abuse allegations, those sorts of things, and their ability to possess a firearm in a lawful fashion. Where are you on the Lautenberg Amendment? Well, I think, Tim, that, um, you know, unless you're convicted of a felony, I think your Second Amendment rights should be preserved. Um, and so uh, that's where I stand on the Lautenberg Amendment. Um, Is the Second Amendment, in your estimation, either at the state level or the federal level, is it under a serious threat? It is under an extremely serious threat right now. In, in fact, actually, it's been under a threat for decades. Um, and I'll give you one example that most people don't even know about that has to be corrected. And this is one of the things that uh, I want to do when I get there to correct this. You know, the Second Amendment is taxed. You know, if you can tax, and the Second Amendment is a constitutional right. You know, since the Heller decision of 2008, the Supreme Court declared the, con- the Second Amendment to be an individual constitutional right. But since 1918, um, through the Revenue Act, and then later in 1937, uh, the Second Amendment has been taxed at a 10 or 11 percent, depending upon the, uh, the ammunition or firearm. And if you can tax a constitutional right, then it no longer is a constitutional right. It becomes a constitutional privilege only by those who can afford it. So that's wrong, and we have to stop the taxation of the, of the Second Amendment. You know, if you can tax it, you can tax it out of existence. Well, and there have been those ideas floated out there, Andrew Clyde, uh, some, some Democrats primarily. They talk about things like, oh, I don't know, uh, massively taxing not the gun, but the ammunition. The, the gun doesn't do me any good without the ammunition. I mean, there are people who try to backdoor this thing. Oh, absolutely. Every solitary thing they can possibly do. You know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's exactly what they've been doing, and, and we've been allowing them to do that, and that's going to stop. You know, that, that's, that's one of the aspects of, um, uh, of the Second Amendment that is in, in danger. Uh, there's a, a, quite a number of them. And, and, you know, as a gun shop owner for 30 years, I'm privy to all of them. I see every part of it, and I know how to fight it, and I know how to, to, um, um, to craft it so that we can protect the Second Amendment and take back those rights that, right. that have been taken from us. Help me quickly, if it's a myth that needs dispelling, dispel it. If, if there's a grain of truth to it, then, then share that with us as well. But what I'm led to understand, and this sounds cynical when, when people say it, but if it's true, it's true. If it isn't, it isn't. Maybe you can shed some light here. I'm led to understand that gun sales go up, that, that you at Clyde's Armory and Franklin's and anybody else who sells guns, they see a spike in their business when Democrats get active. Oh, my God, Obama's going to come take our guns, and everybody runs and buys guns. Any truth to that? Um, well, you know, what it goes to show you is that the Second Amendment is is held in great esteem by the American people. They value their rights for self-defense. You know, um, our company motto is, we enable individual participation in the preservation of liberty, because that's what the Second Amendment does. It preserves liberty because it allows individuals to defend themselves against unlawful aggression. And, and that's what it is. When, when Democrats get into office, kind of like what you've seen by the governors in these states, you have unlawful aggression um, 
it takes away people's rights, and they're afraid of that. And so the one thing that our founding fathers were so brilliant about, um, well, not one thing, but many things, but one of the things that they were so brilliant about is they, they enshrined the right of self-defense in the Second Amendment of our Constitution. You know, it's a God-given right. They simply acknowledged it. That, you know, the government didn't give us the rights. We have them. Uh, Andrew Clyde, candidate for Congress. Uh, you were talking about taxation a moment ago. You want to dismantle the IRS. Okay, uh, we got to collect taxes somehow. Who's going to do it? You're, uh, well, you're correct. There has to be a revenue stream. Okay, so there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, number one, it, make it make the IRS less intrusive in your life, and that would be through a flat tax as opposed to the current graduated tax that we have. But I think we can eliminate the IRS in people's lives completely through a consumption tax, no different than a sales tax. Um, if you have that, then you're able to tax all the revenue that you know that people used to spend on products. So anything that is is um, made illegally, all right, will be taxed as it is not taxed now, all right. And then a person gets to decide how much tax they want to pay by what they buy. You know, there would be certain things I believe that should be exempted from it, like food, okay. But um, but if someone wants to buy a Cadillac, then they pay the tax on a Cadillac. If they want to buy a, a Dodge truck, like what I've got, then, um, you know, they pay the, the tax on a Dodge truck. Uh, you want to build a wall or complete construction of the wall. Uh, you want to secure the border. Another way to say that. How important is that? And does this current pandemic uh, heighten the awareness of the need to secure the border? Oh, absolutely. Um, Tim, I think the pandemic really brings that to light. Uh, we need to secure the border. Uh, if we don't have border security, we really don't have a secure nation. And um, so I'm all for building the wall. Uh, you know, my mom is an immigrant, Tim. Uh, she came here legally in this country, and everyone needs to come here legally in this country. She married my father, a U.S. Navy officer, and um, uh, but she came here legally. And everybody must come here legally. And if they're not here legally, then they need to go back to their country of origin apply legally, and come legally. Uh, you say, uh, again, uh, I'm looking at your website here, Clyde4Congress.com, the number for Clyde4Congress.com. As a Navy veteran yourself, three tours in Iraq, uh, you say you want to take care of veterans. Uh, and we understand and we saw a lot of what was happening during the latter years of the Obama administration. Senator Johnny Isaacson helping to bring a lot of this to light. Uh, I don't know how, how what your perspective is now, probably better than mine. Uh, the quality of care, for example, in VA facilities, has it improved? I know there was a push to improve it. Is it improving? What else might be done? Well, I think there certainly does need there's still room for improvement in the in the VA. I think it was a, a monumental thing for veterans to be able to um, uh, choose their doctors and not necessarily go to the uh, VA. Um, and, you know, because there are many veterans that the VA is not, you know, they're not close to any VA facility. So either they're, they don't get that service um, so being able to go to your own doctor, I think, is very important for veterans. You know, my father's a World War II and a Korean War veteran. My brother's a Navy veteran. I'm a Navy veteran. You know, our, our military heritage goes all the way back to, to uh, Colonel Samuel Clyde, who um, served under General George Washington in the Continental Army. So, um, you know, those who serve our nation should be taken care of by our government. Um, 
Andrew Clyde, candidate for Congress. How goes the campaign? I, I talked to a lot of candidates in recent days, and I ask all of them this same question. It's pretty much impossible to hold rallies. You're not going door to door. I wouldn't think you are. I see your TV commercials. What else you doing? How do you campaign? Well, it's been a challenge, that's for sure. Um, you uh, you do the very best you can. Yeah, there are no rallies to go to, Kim. There just aren't. Um, you know, um, meeting people has been very difficult. So what you have to do is is you're up on radio, you're up on uh, television if you can afford it, and um, you um, you know you you contact people by mail, by social media, the best you can. You answer people's questions uh, remotely, um, you know, through social media. Um, and and, uh, and I appreciate people like you who um, who give us a forum, uh, give us an opportunity to talk to the folks and and um, and talk on the radio, uh, you know, one on one kind of. Again, the website Clyde Four, and it is the number four Clyde Four Congress dot com candidate for Congress in the election that is now eighteen days away, the ninth district Republican primary. Again, a crowded field of Republicans and Andrew Clyde in it. Uh, the early voting that continues through the fifth of June. What's that? A couple of weeks from today. Andrew Clyde, best of luck out there. Stay safe. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate it. Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.